Hello and welcome to Shay's Sports Stories. I'm your host, Shay, and on this show I talk about the most interesting and important people and events in all of sports. This is part one of a mini-series on the Seattle Supersonics from creation until relocation to Oklahoma City. The origins of the Supersonics lie in the competition the ABA posed to the NBA. To those unaware, the ABA, or American Basketball Association, was a rival basketball league then some ways actually posed a threat to the NBA. They had sent a few very talented players to their league instead of the NBA, uh, and the ABA is also notable for introducing the three-point line years before the NBA did, which played a part in the ABA having a faster and more offensive-focused game than the NBA, which appealed to many fans. The NBA recognized this threat and decided they needed to expand, and Seattle was one of the cities the NBA felt fit the bill perfectly with its large population, strong desire to get the first major sports team, and the Seattle Center Coliseum, which would be eventually known as Key Arena and is now known as Climate Pledge Arena, being a good location for an NBA team after its construction for the 1962 World's Fair. Strangely, none of Seattle's business leaders at the time, who long lobbied for a pro sports team in Seattle, stepped up to purchase the franchise rights for Seattle. This led to Californians Eugene Klein and Sam Shulman to seize the opportunity and purchase the rights to start an NBA franchise in Seattle, which became the first major league franchise in Seattle's history. Shulman decided to name the team the Seattle Supersonics, inspired by Boeing's SST contract to build a supersonic airliner, which never actually came to fruition. Uh, the first thing this new team needed was a front office. Shulman and Klein hired the Supersonics' first ever general manager, Don Richmond, in January 1967. Richmond had gotten his start in sports by working in PR with Al Davis in 1960. He also notably named the Chargers football team in 1961. He left PR and became a television writer for shows like The Farmer's Daughter, The Donna Reed Show, and Rat Patrol. So all around an interesting resume for the team's first general manager. Uh, the team hired their first ever coach, Al Bianchi, next. Bianchi had a brief NBA career playing for the Syracuse Nationals, who then became the Philadelphia 76ers after relocating, something you know we in Seattle unfortunately know a little bit about. Uh, after his NBA career, he became an assistant coach in the expansion uh, Chicago Bulls in 1966, before being made head coach of the expansion Sonics in 67. Along with the Supersonics, the San Diego Rockets were also created that year, and the two teams would have to go to draft a pool of players left unprotected by their teams. At the time, there were 10 other teams in the NBA, and they all lost three players each. Neither the Rockets nor the Supersonics drafted players who stuck around for very long. Only five Rockets played more than one season for the team, and only four Sonics played more than one season for Seattle. The most successful pick for either team was probably Walt Hazard, who would end up being the Supersonics' first star player once the season began. Both teams had the regular NBA draft as well to help build their team. The Supersonics had been given the sixth pick and the Rockets the seventh. With the sixth pick, the Supersonics drafted forward Al Tucker, who had been a dominant who had a dominant college career for Oklahoma Baptist University, setting several records. In fact, he set pretty much every record you could related to scoring and rebounding. Al Tucker was also drafted right after and right before a Hall of Famer, the Knicks drafting Walt Frazier at 5 and the Rockets taking Pat Riley at 7. 
luckily for the Sonics, Pat Riley is primarily in the Hall of Fame for his front office career. So they didn't exactly overlook a franchise player with this pick, but still, missed out on two Hall of Famers, basically. Uh, with the last pick of the second round, the Supersonics drafted Bob Rule. Rule had not had nearly a notable career as Al Tucker, but he had been a star for Colorado State. Back when this draft took place, there were more rounds than there are now, which led to the Sonics' other notable picks being Plummer Lott in the fifth round, who wasn't much of an NBA player, but after retiring from the NBA, after just a two-year career, went to the University of Washington Law School, and he graduated in 1974. He worked for several years as an attorney in New York before becoming a judge in 1991, In 1995, he was elected to New York State Supreme Court, and one of the best-known cases he presided over involved a man named David Hampton, who managed to gain free meals, get shelter, and get money by convincing wealthy people he was the son of legendary actor Sidney Poitier. This case eventually inspired the play Six Degrees of Separation and the film starring Will Smith. Aside from that, you know, interesting court case, one of the lot was one of the most, one of the first Sonics had some very impressive accomplishments, you know, making the uh, New York Supreme Court. Um, but get back on topic. Now with the team built up, all that was left was for the games to be played. Seattle's first game was against the San Francisco Warriors, now the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors were a very good team at the time, with Rick Barry leading them. The game went poorly for the expansion team, losing 144 to 116. The Sonics managed to earn their first win in franchise history two games later against fellow expansion team the San Diego Rockets, winning 117-110 to in overtime. The Sonics continued to struggle as the season went on, ending their first-ever NBA season with a 23-59 record. There were bright spots, however, with Walt Hazard averaging 24 points per game and becoming the first Supersonic to make the All-Star game. Bob Rule and Al Tucker both made the All-Rookie team, making the Sonics' first draft a major success. And due to their poor record, they'd have another chance to succeed in the NBA draft with the third overall pick. But that and much more, including multiple franchise legends, a league-changing court case, and the beginnings of the Sonics' greatest coach, will have to wait until part two. Listen to old episodes of Shea Sword Story on Spotify and listen to part two.